At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care Provider of the Charlotte Hornets. We continue our player profiles today. We are talking P.J. Washington. Third season with the Hornets. Very different role here in year three. First two, he had been a starter. This season, he primarily came off the bench until injuries hit the Hornets, and then he move back in to the starting five. We'll break down his season. We'll talk to PJ himself and project a little bit into the future as well for the former lottery pick of the Charlotte Hornets. Helping me on all of these topics, he is the lead writer from Hornets.com. Back for another two Sam's edition of the HHC, Sam Purley. Sam, how's your offseason been treating you? It's going well. It's always a little bit of an adjustment going from the season because I feel like we're flying in games every other night, which is a lot of fun. So it's a little bit of a transition, but definitely catching up on some sleep and kind of going back has been has been fun this season. So uh, I guess it's a double-edged sword, really. You yeah, miss the we, games, but you're getting a little bit more rest and relaxation. We do wish we were still covering games right now. Hopefully in years to come, we will have a lot more games to cover this time of the year. I think we will. But right now it is nice to get the family time in and nice to be able to reflect and look back on the year that was for a lot of these Hornets players, including P.J. Washington. P.J. came into this season. He was going to unselfishly take a step out of the starting lineup, be a reserve. I think he did that role really well. When you look at the splits, there's a lot to like there. And then at the end of the season, when he was put into the starting five, he was really productive for this Hornets team. And more importantly, the Hornets team was very productive with him in that role. Give me your assessment on how P.J. performed here in his third NBA season. 
Yeah, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think he kind of made his biggest strides when I think he found that role of being the starting four. And that's kind of a testament to the versatility and the talent that he has. You know, he could slide him into that small ball five spot. You could be the starting four. He could be backup four. I thought his defense took a big jump this year. And like you said, um, I think Gordon's injury kind of forced the lineup changing a little bit. And then adding Montrez too, you could slide Montrez in that backup five and then push PJ over. And it obviously wasn't a position he was unfamiliar with. He started at power forward the first two years he was here for the most part. So I thought overall is really good. I thought he made big strides defensively for sure. You know, you kind of move him around a little bit more and a really encouraging, promising season of growth for PJ. And I, I love the versatility he showcases here and also the floor spacing too. I mean, he's still a really good three-point shooter and can put the ball on the floor. I mean, I think that was something specifically he mentioned in his exit interviews, putting the ball on the floor more, taking the ball to the hoop a little bit. But overall, I think once he kind of found his niche mid-February, March, that late post-All-Star break stretch, I think he really thrived and was a big reason behind the Hornets' success. Even though he's not the same player Gordon Hayward is, obviously Gordon a more accomplished scorer at this stage of his career, when you look at how they performed in the starting lineup, there's an argument to be made that P.J. Washington uh, not only filled that hole that was left on the team when Gordon Hayward was hit with that injury, but the team's starting lineup at least even took a, a step forward as he got more comfortable there. You look at Gordon Hayward's plus-minus over the entirety of the season, he's right about even for P.J. Washington. He was the same when he was coming off the bench, but when he went into a starter's role, he ends up being a plus seven, which is to say that for the most part, that group took a step forward in how productive they could be. That being said, a lot of the other numbers are the same. His three-point percentage is identical, whether he was a starter or a reserve. Field goal percentage from two, slight tick up. Free throw percentage, slight tick down, actually. The rebounding was the same. Points relatively equal. Obviously, he played more minutes, so you would ex- expect more points to be scored. But he went from being a nine-point per game guy off the bench to an 11 point per game guy as the start. So not the huge change in either percentages or points, just the plus minus change. What does that say to you? I'm actually in the process of writing his season recap for the website and you know, you look at the numbers and they're down a little bit more, but he's also says minutes is down as well as his field goal percentage is up. So I think he definitely saw a couple different settings. I think there's a huge difference between coming off the bench and then playing different positions and then starting to, but I think it's just kind of a testament. He was able to adapt. You know, you got to think of this team this year. There was a lot more offensive firepower the additions of Kelly Oubre, LaMelo, Terry, all these guys. I mean, there's not as many shots necessarily to go around as there were maybe in years past. So I was really impressed with that PJ kind of found his niche in finding ways to contribute otherwise. You might not get the amount of three-pointers you had in years past. took about two less shots per game than he did last season, actually two and a half. So I thought he was really good. It felt like he really made some big strides. And one of the things I really like watching is like those winning plays. Like he found ways to impact the game, whether it was deflections, whether it was rebounding. I go back to one of the Milwaukee games. It was the ones where they played back to back in January at home. And he had a stretch at the end of that game where he made about five or six plays whether it was isoing Giannis, forcing a turnover, getting a rebound, forcing a bad shot, something like that. All stuff that wouldn't pop up in the box score, but it just kind of showcased how important he was during that final stretch. So I thought it was really impressive the way he was able to impact games, whether it was starting, whether it was coming off the bench, whether it was I'm going to come in and not going to get every shot so the plays aren't going to be running through me as much as they did the first couple seasons. And I think that's really important, especially for a young guy. I think he's really kind of found his role as he's just reliable. He's a really, really reliable guy for the Hornets, and he showcased that this year. We will talk a little bit later here in this podcast about what that role will be.
will be in the future. Also, some of the intricacies about this season, because there's some factors at play here. This is the first time he played a full 82-game season. His first two years were either COVID interrupted, cut off, or were severely COVID impacted in terms of playing in empty arenas. So this was his first full 82-game season, so to speak. Uh, We'll talk about some of those factors and also some of his future roles here with the Charlotte Hornets. But coming up next, we're going to hear from the man himself. P.J. Washington sits down with me to talk about his third NBA season after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Let's welcome back to the Hornets Hivecast, Hornets forward, P.J. Washington. P.J., thanks so much for the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. P.J., uh, an eventful 2021-2022 season. In your own words, how would you describe the year? I feel like we definitely had a lot of ups and downs, but... um. I think the future is bright for us still. I mean, coming from when I first got drafted, my rookie year we only had 23 runs, obviously, and this year we have 43. So a lot of progress and a lot of progress still to be made. Collectively, as a team, how far do you feel the organization grew this past season? We came a long way for sure, especially this season. Just being able to win the games we did win and then being in the big moments we were in uh, is just special. I feel like I had a special group of guys to play with this season, and I'm just glad I got the opportunity to play with them. This was a year where you were asked to sacrifice a little bit. You went from being a starter to going to a bench role, playing a lot of the center position individually for you. How do you feel you grew this year? I feel like I grew a lot. Just being able to be uh, a lot more mature with my game, um, especially on the defensive end. I feel like towards the end of the season, I was a much better defender as even in the start of this season. So just being able to do that, I feel like brought me a lot of confidence uh, on that side of the ball, and I'm uh, really excited for next season. Your rookie year, 23 wins. Second season, 33 wins. This year, 43 wins. A winning record for the first time in your career. Where do you and the team need to grow the most in this offseason to be prepared to make another jump? Defensively. We've been struggling with that all year. Started the year out one of the worst teams in the league and got better towards the end. But it just needs to be consistent from game one to game 82. We definitely had the guys in here to do it. So it's just about willing one, two, and we just got to be a lot better in that area. Hornets forward P.J. Washington, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. P.J., is there a single game from this last season that you think encapsulates the season, one game that if you're going to remember anything about the 2021-2022 season, that's the game? I'd say I feel like one of our best wins this year was when we beat Utah at home or uh, Denver on the road, one of those two. Those are both of my favorite games this year. And whether it's inspiration trying to reach that level again in the future or motivation something you want to avoid in the future is there one game that you're going to replay in your mind before you go into workouts or do whatever you need to do in the offseason to get you ready for the future I just have to go with the last one versus Atlanta obviously our loss in the plan that's big I mean my second year we went to plan did the same thing so we just don't want to keep repeating that that outcome so for us that's just gonna be in the back of our minds so we just got to get better from that game and, and on if it does lead to you repeating the jump that wouldn't be the end of the world because I don't know if mathematically you can get 53 wins and still finish 10th what for you was the signature play of the season if there's one moment what's the poster for the year for me my signature play <laughs> my uh poster dunk when we played against the Wizards for sure and how about for someone other than yourself other than myself that's a good one there's a lot 
I say Melo came down and hit a game-winning floater. I sent the game away for sure. I forgot who we were playing, though. It was at home. Oh, my goodness, I forgot who we were playing. The one where he's falling across the lane sideways. Yeah. Pretty sweet play. Yeah, for sure. Ball. Dribbles right. Into the lane. Off-balance shot. Is good from inside the honeycomb. LaMelo Ball was facing the sideline, and he still knocks down the jumper. Hornets up 101-99. It's been 20 years since Charlotte has had back-to-back winning seasons. you got to go to the previous iteration of the Hornets. Got an opportunity to do that next year. Will it happen? I think so, yes. I mean, based on our team right now, I feel like we'll definitely get a lot better in this offseason, and we'll come back stronger than we've ever been. And then last but not least, we, we talked about the growth of the team. Your rookie year, 23 wins. Shortened season, but still it's 23. Fits a nice pattern here. Second season, 33 wins. Again, shortened season. Now you finally play 82. You guys win 43 games. What will the goal be for next season? Is it 53 to have that nice 10-win jump, or is there something else that you think the goal will be for next season? I don't think it's a certain amount of wins. I think for us it's just getting to the playoffs, getting a postseason play, and really getting a a playoffs experience. A lot of guys in here haven't really had that, so just to have that would be special for us and uh, just to go out and try to make some noise in the playoffs. The future is bright for you guys. PJ, really appreciate the time today and all season long, and best of luck in the offseason. Thank you. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Our thanks again to P.J. Washington for joining us here on the HHC. Sam Perley, Sam Farber back here with you on the Hornets Hivecast talking P.J. Washington this past season and the future. And the, the burning question I have, Sam Perley, after talking to P.J., is it mathematically possible for the Hornets to win 53 games and still not make the playoffs? I think 53 would get in. Uh, I think that we would, would have be said that safe. about 43 yeah. last year. You would, well, and that was kind of it. Was it 20 years? Like 43 was the the 20 years that had the most wins by a 10 seed in, in 20 years. So I think 53 would do it, but I guess you can never be too certain today in the NBA. Just for comparison's sake 53 wins would have been the one seed in the eastern conference this year and i don't think the team has to make that big of a jump necessarily to get to that win total. i don't know that 53 wins is going to be the one seed next year but generally speaking the hornets they're still a young team on the ascent. They went 0-7 in overtime and clean that up a little bit, get it closer to 500, plus the improvement of young players, including P.J. Washington, could lead them in that direction. So let, let's talk about P.J.'s season. We talked a little bit about the numbers in segment one, overall averaging 10 points per game. If you compare his numbers per 48 minutes, pretty comparable to what he had done in the past. And in terms of shooting percentages, while this was his career worst statistic, Statistically, three-point shooting season, 36% from deep, that's not bad at all. So I think P.J. Washington really showed a lot about what he can do for this team in this particular type of role. I think he is solidified in a certain respect that when the ball gets rotated to him, there's every confidence from everyone on the floor and on the bench and in the, the front office that he can knock that down. 
Yeah, and I think starting with that three-point percentage, I mean, 36 37%, I mean, that's still above league average, and that's certainly something you want to see from a guy that plays the four, can play the five, and six nine, six ten, something like that. So obviously it's a it's a big benefit to have a guy like PJ. And yeah, I thought his, his season was really good. Now, the word that kind of stuck out to me a little bit in his interview was selfless. I mean, it's not easy to be a starter for the first two years or your first two years in the league and then being told, hey, you're going to go to the bench and take a reserve role. It's a little bit of an adjustment, and you got to make sure you keep your ego in check. And I think he certainly did that and then not totally unlike what Miles Bridges had to do last year when Miles started the first two years and then Gordon came in and he became the starting three and then Gordon went down Miles came in and was a starter same thing with PJ you know some of the lineup shuffling he came in and his number was called and he was ready to go and you know I wouldn't necessarily look so much at like oh he's scored less than last year you know that means he had a down year or something like that I think his two-point percentage is something that really jumps out to me he was 48 percent from two last year it was six almost 61 percent this year so I think he's kind of found his role and he's found his niche. He's not going to be, you know, necessarily the first or second option like maybe he was his first couple years in the league, but it's okay if you're the third or fourth, sometimes even fifth option. He's finding ways to impact the game and good teams need players like PJ Washington who are developing, who can space the floor, who can impact the game on both ends and can come up with the winning plays. And the game that we talk about having his numbers called the game that stands out to me the most was that Hawks game in March where he I think he only had like two points or something midway through the fourth quarter, and then he he just went on a tear and hit something like 15 of the team's final 17 points and really got that homestand started on the right foot. So overall, I thought it was a really great year for P.J., especially taking on a role that he wasn't necessarily accustomed to his first two seasons. For me, the game that stands out the most is honestly the first one, him D-ing up Demonis Sabonis for the Indiana Pacers on that final possession. Sabonis coming off an all-star season, obviously the disappointment in the way the play-in tournament had gone the year prior. There was a lot riding on that game, it felt like, for the Hornets and who draws the defensive assignment against the all-star. It's P.J. Washington made him take a tough baseline jumper. It's a make-miss league. That's a shot that he does make a lot, but in terms of defending it, appropriately pj was right on the money and he was that a lot of the year you remember the possession before he was the one that grabbed the loose ball off a missed layup and then i think it was facing the back of the basket and kind of put up a uh like a backward shot and ended up drawing a shooting foul and hit both free throws to take a one point lead so just little stuff like that i think it's really cool to kind of see guys make those winning plays find their rhythm um, in the sense of like knowing what their role is. I like the comparison to Miles Bridges, the progression that Miles had from coming off the bench the first year Gordon Hayward got here to what he did this most recent season, surging back into the starting lineup. I see a lot of similarities for P.J. Washington, too, taking that step back, his scoring kind of uh, stabilizing. He plateaued a little bit from last year to this most recent season in terms of the overall volume of scoring, but the percentages were right there. His two-point percentage, as he mentioned, a career high. The difference I do see is both players – due to an injury, got a chance to start late in that season in which they started on the bench. When Miles went into the starting lineup, his numbers surged individually. He went from a 10-point-per-game guy to an 18-point-per-game guy, really left those breadcrumbs that he could be that kind of elite scorer for this team, number one or two option on a lot of nights. For P.J., there was a surge, but in a very different way. His points per game went up a little bit because he was playing more minutes, but not 
a huge amount. He went from being a nine-point-per-game guy to an 11-point-per-game guy. The area we saw the surge was plus-minus. He went from being even to plus-seven. And that's something you can't say about Miles the year before. Obviously, when Gordon Hayward went down that season, Miles went into the starting lineup, but the team was not able to figure things out in terms of wins and losses. So he went from being a positive player to a minus player. For P.J., though, he goes from an even player on the floor to a huge plus. To what do you attribute that, and what breadcrumbs does that leave about his future? Yeah, I think he's a guy that has found a way to impact the game when he's not scoring and that's a huge you know you see sometimes see these guys if they're not coming in they're not getting shots it's just you can kind of drift a little bit and it, you're sitting around waiting for shots or waiting for opportunities i thought it was really encouraging that pj found ways to impact the game and, and the other thing too the other thing he mentioned too in his exit interview was like i take a lot of pride in being an x factor and being a glue guy it doesn't matter if i score zero points or 30 points like i just want to make a difference out there and that's what you want and that's what and that's indicative of that plus minus growth is like Good things happen when this guy's on the court. He makes plays. Guys play well around him. He doesn't demand the ball necessarily, but when you get it to him, he's going to knock down shots from corners, from above the break, things like that. So really, really great season for P.J. of growth. I think you just have to take away maybe some of the numbers. Don't look at that, but watching him play and the comfort level he had and the way he was able to make a difference out there is really, really telling. Definitely a big difference maker. I also like the fact that he closed the season strong. He had his first 82-game season. The other years, certainly the the frequency of games was as high or higher than this year in the COVID season was higher, but to play a full 82 to get through the entire season more or less without injury had a couple stints where he missed some games but for the most part he was consistently available for the team and he closed really really strong for the squad as well definitely good signs he is in a extension eligible offseason right now for him I think with this front office we've seen patience be preached and I think there's good reason for that I think the teams that are on the come up that get themselves in the most trouble are the ones that maybe reach to give an extension and make a mistake. And I've seen a lot of things said and written in the past season since Miles has blown up and he did not come to an agreement on the extension the year before about how it's a missed opportunity. I see it quite the opposite. I think Miles bet on himself. The Hornets clearly love Miles and and want him to get his fair value. And it's just about him demonstrating what that is. So it'll be an interesting offseason for Miles. For PJ Washington, do you think things play out similarly? Do you think there's more of a desire to sign this long term on both sides? What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that's obviously left to the front office and those things kind of play it out. And I think it, the, whatever the extension deadline, I think it goes into the fall too. So it's not something that's necessarily imminent. But I think, you know, PJ has spoken very fondly about he's been here the last three seasons and kind of being part of that team that won 23 games in, in the 1920 season and making a jump and making a jump. I mean, there's something to be said about guys that they want to be part of the process. They want to be that when I was there when we were. You know, 23, and now we're knocking on the door to hopefully making a big breakthrough into the playoffs. So I think he loves the core here. Um, he's definitely a guy that, like we've said, has found his role, has found his niche. I think he's going to take another step forward on both ends of the ball, offensively and defensively. He spoke very candidly about the improvements he wants to make next season individually as a team. So successful teams have guys like P.J. Washington that adapt to their roles. If you need a guy to come in and play center for a stretch of games, he can do it, play power forward. I mean, he's, his, I love his versatility. I think he's 
just scratching the surface of what kind of usability he can have. He can do a lot of different things and, and do a lot of different things for you. So, and that's what makes him kind of a special player. He's not confined to one single thing. So I think he definitely, all indications that he wants to be here. And, you know, he was a major part of the Hornets growth this last three years. And hopefully there's definitely more to come is definitely under contract next season so we we expect him to come back and I think the most important thing when he does is what does the rest of the roster look like around him clearly his best basketball came when he was starting games at the four and occasionally closing games at the five you you do have that versatility with him to play him as a small ball five speed up the offense stretch the other team center out of the paint all those good things it was when he had to play the five that things got a little bit more difficult. So having him be a center option is perfect. Having him be the only guy who could come in and spell whoever that center is. Uh, Mason Plumley this year, uh, the year prior, it was Cody Zeller. That became more difficult. The small ball five role, I think is, he's really good, is uh, kind of using it as a curveball and throwing it in there because then it's something you can't necessarily plan for. I think, again, that perfect uh, go back to that Hawks game. I mean, the reason he was able to hit all the shots, I mean, he drew Capella out of the paint so much. And not only did that, it was hard for him, Capella, to guard those th- guys out of the three point range, but just open up everything in the lane. I think it's it's a fun little wrinkle to incorporate. I and mean, hopefully you'll see a you know, big step forward from the, you know, Kai Jones, JT Thor. I think those guys kind of give you more options in the front court heading into next season but yeah I think it was a little bit of a challenge if if Mason was hurt or got into foul trouble it puts a lot of strain on a PJ kind of being a full-time backup center not saying he can't do it for five or six minute stretches but kind of doing it for 10 12 games in a row I think it was a bit of a challenge but it's certainly an option just you know something they got to kind of implement at times it feels like sometimes but overall I mean he, he played I think it was 50% of his minutes were at center of the season 48% at power forward and that's a steady increase from the past two years as well so again it, it circles back to versatility and being able to do a lot of different things and PJ is one of those guys versatility and adaptability to things he definitely has. P.J. Washington, a great third season here with the Hornets. We look forward to the future for him. Sam Perley, thanks as always for joining us here on the HHC. As always, thank you for having me. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. We will continue our player profile series as we roll along here in this offseason. Till next time, for our player profile today, P.J. Washington, our guest Sam Perley, and our producer Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time. Time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.